Hi, Josephine. How are you? I'm not good. No. But um, I'm also like excited to talk about my favourite composer of all time. Yes. Yeah. Um, same. Before we get started, I just want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording this podcast, the Dark and Young People. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. So this is my favourite musical. Yeah. I'm trying not to be really sad. Um, <laughs> this is our special uh, Sondheim edition. Yeah. Um, on the 26th. 26th of November 2021, Son- Stephen Joshua Sondheim passed away at the age of 91. Uh, I believe it was with his loved ones and at his in, home and it, at his home and he was in peace and that that gives me a lot of peace. Yes, and he there was no sort of protracted illness or anything like no. he wasn't sick. He'd been out and about, you know. Yeah, he'd been at a Thanksgiving dinner the night before, I believe. Yeah. He'd seen two Broadway shows that week, <laughs> yeah. which is incredible. His Broadway shows, right? No, it was um it was uh, Dana H and This oh. Is Not a Room, the two yeah, plays. Right. Yeah. But he'd seen He saw Company saw the like first the week preview of Company and the opening night of Assassins about Ten days before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are recording this really the day after um, the he news passed broke, away. Yeah. Yep. And so I'm glad we weren't, we're not recording this yesterday because like, I would not have been able to function. Yeah. It's I been mess- a really tough. I, I texted Josephine once I saw, as soon as I saw the headline, um, I saw it on Twitter and uh, it must have been pretty soon after it had been posted. Yeah, we got honest. it very early, yeah. And uh, sent her a, a screenshot and Josephine called me. Balling, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I um I called my husband and he thought someone like in my family had died. Yeah, because he like he was like, "What? Who? Who's died?" Because <laughs> I couldn't uh, I couldn't get it out. Yeah, but, um, through racked sobs. Racked sobs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just I mean, people who listen to this podcast will know how we feel about Sondheim, but it's like um he is the great. He's the giant of yeah. musical theatre. Like he's not. He's it, you know, he's the pinnacle. Yeah, um, there's been uh, obviously a lot of stuff written in the last 24 hours since the beautiful news Beautiful stuff, yeah. Really beautiful stuff. And one of the things that um, I really agree with is that it's the first time uh, that anyone could say, that there'd be any question about who is the greatest living musical composer right now. Yeah. Because there's been no question. I've got that quote if yeah. you want. Yeah, that's be- It's yeah. from uh, Mark Harris. It's an article in Vulture. Um, it says... And I quote, it means that the question of who America's greatest living musical theatre artist can finally be asked and lead to an interesting discussion because for the first time in decades the answer isn't obvious. With Sondheim there was no list of people waiting to move up one. He was his own list and his measureless influence lives in the work of just about everyone who survives him. And, by the way, that um, I'll link to that article, that Vulture article. Good. Mark Harris is um, uh, Tony Kushner's husband. He's an, a writer in his own right. Yeah. Um, he's, he's written, written several quite books. A few, yeah, yeah. He's a good biographer. Yeah. Like he of... writes a lot of biographies. He wrote a um, uh, yeah, some some really good, great biographies and also about cinema a yes. lot. He wrote a Mike Nichols biography Mike Nichols, recently, right. I yeah. think. Yeah. That's and, his um, most recent. And, yeah, he wrote this beautiful tribute in uh, Vulture magazine and it's it's really worth everyone reading. Yeah, because, um, I mean, so many smarter people than me have worded it beautifully, so I recommend doing that. Don't yeah, listen just go through this. all yeah. of the articles. There's some incredible stuff. Yeah, and the, obviously the outpouring on social media from his peers and people who've worked with him 
have just really brought home how beloved he was. And we've said it before and I, I said it to Shane last night. There's an assumption that because Sondheim's work is so cerebral and smart and I suppose introspective that he might himself be like a snob or yes. and I think there's this assumption that he is like that, but he is just not. Yeah. And and he's he's self-reflective and he's he's got a growth mindset and he takes feedback and he's yeah. like he's giving and generous and And we've said it several times on this podcast before when we've covered shows of his, but the thing that always astounded me again and again was how open he was to people's mm. interpretations of his own work, yeah. you know, the gender-flipped company being a perfect example of yeah. that, that at 91 he was completely okay with that show being turned on its head yes. 40 years after it was written, you know. I can't remember what I was reading because I've read so much in the last 24 hours, but there was a comment about how he he was so hopeful and a lot of his works are quite hopeful, but then they all were, were all very dark and showed sort of the dark side of humanity, yeah. but that he was more than happy. In fact, he encouraged that um, the school version of Into the Woods that's only act yeah. one and that he was okay with with children just performing act one of his yes, piece. Yes, because he didn't necessarily want children to learn, yeah, to learn the realities second, of life that's necessarily. Right. Even yeah. though that is, that is integral to his show. Yeah. But how beautiful and generous that he was okay with, Kids, you know. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know. know. That's just, amazing. And, yeah. um, one, you know, one of the really big things, and it's it's so funny that, um, you know, that the, the, the revival of Company, the revival of Assassins, um, the, the fact that the West Side Story, the West Side Story premiere. It's coming out is, this week. Yes, in, yes. in America. And, um, and we just had Tick, Tick, Boom. And we just had Tick, Tick, Boom. All these um, – it's it's almost like it was written right like yeah. it's it's like it was like the right it's the right time you know it's, it's obviously never the right time but it's the right time in that sense in terms of like this was a perfect time to look at his legacy yes. and that sort of thing and and, and particularly with tick tick boom coming out um, this reflection about mentorship yes. and how the mentorship of Oscar Hammerstein was so important to him, obviously. Yes. And because of that, he took it so seriously in his own life. And the way with he people treated like others. Yeah. Jonathan Larson, Limonel Miranda, Jason Brown, Adam Gettle, you know, yeah. like these incredible um, artists that have come since. And literally it's like without Oscar Hammerstein, there's no Sondheim. Without that's Sondheim, right. there's, no, there's none of there's these There's none artists. of these. Yeah. That's right. It. Um, I've got quite a few points about that if you want me to. Yeah. Um, so, well, a bit of background first. So yeah. Sondheim was born on the 22nd of March in 1930. He was the only child of Jewish parents. Um, they divorced and Sondheim was quite isolated as a child. Yeah, he had quite a complicated relationship with his mother, didn't he? Very complicated, yeah. yeah. She was quite abusive. Yeah. Um, she sort of famously told him that she wished she'd never given birth That's to him. Right. And um, I believe that they were estranged for the last 20 years of her yeah. life and he didn't go to her funeral. She died in 1992, I think. Um, when he was 10, he became friends with James Hammerstein, which is the son of Oscar Hammerstein III. Yeah. Third or second? Third. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, anyway. Um, and Oscar Hammerstein became like a surrogate, a surrogate yeah, dad yeah. for some time. Um, he'd written a musical called By George when he was like a teenager and he asked Oscar Hammerstein to review it and Oscar Hammerstein was apparently really honest. He, he yep. didn't like it um, but he said, I want to give you some constructive feedback and I want to coach you through how to do this yeah. and and it's such a testament to Sondheim himself that he was able to receive that and and positively move forward at from that, that age as at well that age, yeah. that's right um so this is interesting Hammerstein had Sondheim compose four different musicals based on four sort of different tropes of music theater yeah. so I think there was like it was like a play that has never been adapted into a yes. musical or there were four one was original one was that's right. yeah, um, a novel or whatever yeah, yeah. so 
then the story goes that Sondheim met with Arthur Lawrence at a party um, and Arthur Lawrence was working on this like Romeo and Juliet adaptation um, of a musical with Leonard yeah. Bernstein and they needed a lyricist. So Sondheim I think was really reluctant. We've talked about this in West Side Story. Um, he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to be known just for writing lyrics yeah. and he wrote music as well. But Oscar Hammerstein was like, no, like. This is a great opportunity. Yeah, go, yeah. go forth and do it. And that's the same thing that happened with Gypsy. Um he once again was reluctant and Oscar was like, what are you talking about? Like this is a great opportunity to write for Ethel Merman. That's right. And, and like from Hone there. Craft, yeah. yeah um, it, it was, yeah, it, it's just really clever, I suppose. And Oscar Hammerstein died in 1960 and it was only a few days ago um, in correspondence with Lin-Manuel Miranda and Lin posted it on yeah. Twitter that Sondheim's motivation, I think, has always been making Oscar proud. Making Oscar proud, yeah. Yeah, and it's just beautiful that a, a man in his 90s could still express this this great, tremendous, I suppose, legacy that was left to him from, yeah. from Oscar Hammerstein. And, yeah, it, it's it's beautiful. And there's so many interviews that are cropping up now where he mentions that and he just mentions yeah. how important that was to him. And Absolutely. Yeah, it just feels like that was a really positive professional relationship, yeah. you know. That Especially given... Oscar died, you know, like he got to see him do West Side and Gypsy. But, but that's it. But that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like before the rest of it all happened. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of insane when you think about it. It is insane. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, I you know, I, in, um, yeah, I was saying to Josephine before, like quite a few people like messaged me specifically or, you know, things yeah. like that. Um, obviously just knowing, um, like my love of Sondheim and yeah. it, it being a lifelong love, right? Yeah. And um, the couple of conversations I was having with people was, yeah, like so West Side Story was 57, right? Yeah. 64 years ago. Yeah. And he was still working up until the day he died. Yeah, that's like right. a 64-year prof- completely professional. And like a lot of people have said too, for most people the achievement of West Side Story would have been I mean, enough. I mean really West Side Story is one of – the greatest musicals of all time. Yeah, and, and a lot of, like we've talked about composers first. who don't have multiple works. Yeah. Like that could be it. You know, that could have been it. all he did. He could have given up. Like I, I read a thing that was like he could have given up after Oscar, well, after Oscar died That's even. true. You know, he his could've. greatest mentor has passed away. Yeah. Like let's not continue. And just to know sort of after Oscar did die, there were so many, it was so many ups and downs and lots of downs yeah. that, that, fuck, I'm glad he didn't give up. And even when you think about the fact that Westside was 57, that, into the Woods and Sunday in the Park with George don't happen until the late 80s. That's right. You know, 30 years later yeah. is kind of also insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's astonishing. Um, anyway, we've, we have been through his sort of biog before, but like there's now sort of after Oscar Hammerstein died, there's an era of flops. So funny thing came around. Um, it won a Tony, yes, but the score wasn't really appreciated, which we've talked about. Then there's like Anyone Can Whistle, there's Do I Hear a Waltz. Um, the time of the cuckoo with um, Richard Rogers. We've talked about how bad working with Richard yeah. Rogers was. Um, then he was working on Follies. Then we get Evening Primrose. Like it's that era. Yeah. Um, and everyone knows about Evening Primrose, I'm sure. <laughs> and then you come into like the Hal Prince era. Yeah. And that's when like you've got company and you've got Follies and you've yeah. got a little night music and like Pacific Overtures and Sweeney Todd. And then obviously that relationship ended with um, Merrily We Roll Along. Yeah. Um, and that's really where he said he was going to give up. Yeah. Imagine if he had. I know. But he didn't, thank God, because like act two of his life, I would, I call it act two, like in yeah. my head it's and like. It's where, and it's where the second book of lyrics starts, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like he almost 
like Merrily We Roll Along is the end of Act One for some time. Um, Then we open on James the Pine and you've got Sunday in the Park with George and, I mean, just to pause for Sunday in the Park with George, but then you've got Into the Woods and Passion and some of his greatest, most celebrated works that happened like when he was an older man, Yeah, you know. That's right. After that, yeah, you get Assassins and Roadshow um, and that brings us into really the modern era. So I don't know, like that sort of that breadth of work. And I, like I wouldn't I wouldn't say that he's prolific. Like there are more prolific writers, right? Like mm. he hasn't written given given his age and the and the number of decades he was writing. That's, right. that's true. He I would call him prolific for that that is that like period in the 70s where yes. you know those four sort And of also shows. like well in the 70s he also like he he wrote a screenplay for a film. That's right. Um with Anthony Perkins, I think you know he was yeah. from Evening Primrose and um Psycho. Is it Psycho? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what else did he do? He did. Um, I wonder well, you know, when we know we wrote that random play as well. Yeah, that play. Yeah, we talked about it at some stage. I've got a few. What else did he do? Oh, he, in the in the seventies, he published a series of cryptic crosswords yes. in New York Magazine because yeah. he loved puzzles he and games. First, he was the first like puzzles editor, I believe, for New York Magazine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that film with um, Anthony Perkins is called The Last of Sheila. It's like a whodunit. Okay. I think um, Raquel Welch is in it. Wow. So, yeah, that was in the 70s. Um, what one else of, did one he of the do? things that, um, the other things that I was sort of amazed at when I was looking through, you know, particularly on Twitter, um, people talking about it, I didn't kind of quite realize, but apparently anyone who wrote him a letter, he would write them back, basically. Oh. So all these people have these letters from, from him. From time. And um, often it would be that they would send him a copy of a cabaret they'd done or a, a show that they'd been in or something like that, something for him to watch, watch or yeah, whatever. listen to. And apparently he would always write back immediately, like sort of before he'd watched it so that he could be gracious in his, um, in his he... response oh. and it wouldn't be coloured by actually what he thought. I know that sounds funny, but it's like you don't want to hear that Sondheim didn't like your No, you know, he knew that. He knew that. So instead it would be, you know, thanks so much for sending this, you know, I appreciate. And it would all, and it would always just be so humble yes. and, and whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was quite amazing. But, like, if you look through... Twitter or, you know, anything like that at the moment, you'll see so many people yeah. posting these. One of them was um, one of them was when the, one of the writers on The Simpsons who'd asked him to be in a to cameo on The when he cameoed on The Simpsons and he kept that. It was from 1996. And you would, wouldn't he you? He kept that. Or maybe 2006. Anyway, he kept that letter the whole time um, ever since then in a box under his bed, you know. And, and in the letter it was sort of, oh, yes, this sounds fun and um, I don't have an agent but you can talk to – my lawyer's address is this and, you know, he'll they'll organise the details. Like it's, uh, yeah, and it just, it, it, every story just seems to have been of him being like a real mensch basically, yeah. you know. I haven't I haven't heard a negative no, story. No, I think, I think people used to, I mean, like, you know, you'd hear sort of someone like Patty Lapone or something talk about how he could be really grumpy, yeah. you know. Um, and, and you know, he, you know, there's things like he wasn't in a, serious relationship until he was in his 70s you know yeah he wrote company without having ever been in a relationship it's incredible and things like that where I think there were things that in his personal life obviously um weren't always the happiest but in terms of um 
giving and receiving advice. And every time he'd go and see like students perform and stuff like that, he was just so generous, generous yeah. and be t- and he'd be touched all the time. Yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, it's quite incredible. I'm always amazed when I watch videos of him in his older age, like at his 80th birthday, just how humbled he is by the attention he yes. received. Like yeah. he always just seems so surprised to be yeah. getting, you know, the sort of level of adoration that he. And there's lots of quotes around where it's like just him being happy that people are doing the work. I know. You know, like just keep doing the shows. If it's community theatre or professional theatre, he doesn't mind as yes. long as it's out there being done. He really was like, I mean, it sounds really crazy, but I, th- I do feel like some people in theatre don't don't necessarily do theatre because they love the art form, you know, but I feel like Sondheim was a true lover of mm, the art form. That's very he, true. He talks about it a lot. He talks about how like, yeah, cinema's great, but... A, a stage is a world like here's a yeah, whole world yeah. that you can create and the audience is there and you can you can feel them and hear them and see them and, yeah and like he he truly truly understood how theater works yes he really did and i like it it's not a surprise that everyone is talking about how he really birthed the modern musical like yeah. he is the true gateway between the golden age and today I, th- I think it was i think it was even andrew lloyd webber who wrote um in his sort of little um acknowledgement was like He's literally like three generations yes. of, of composers. Yes, and he is, and crossed over them all. He and, really did, and that is amazing. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think we will ever, ever have no. like, no. like everyone's been saying, he's the Shakespeare of yeah, musical well, theatre. Josh Gad wrote, um, uh, you know, from Frozen and and Book of Mormon wrote that. Not since you know it was like April thirteenth, sixteen, whatever. Yeah, have we had? Have we had the a, a night where someone like of this nature died? It's like, very true. Someone of is, this. He, he really is like the Shakespeare of yes. of musical theatre. Yeah, and I I do. I mean, I know a lot of people who don't really appreciate his work. No, that's right. I know lots of people, um, and and that's totally okay. It's not okay, but I'm going to be <laughs> gracious and say it's okay. But like, you just can't discount his influence no. and his impact, and the number of people like Ruth said he has mentored and influence like we wouldn't have Lin-Manuel no. and we wouldn't have Jonathan Larson. Exactly. We wouldn't have Jason Robert Brown. Even to the point of um, someone like I noticed like Jack Antonoff, you know, who uh, is the um, is in the band Fun who you might have heard of, but he mm. was also like uh, one of Taylor Swift's main collaborators. He does a lot of her producing yeah. and, and whatever. Like he tweeted, he's like, without Into the Woods, I wouldn't be the writer that I am yeah. today, you know, yeah. and that's like someone who's not nothing to do with musical theatre, yeah, nothing. That's right. The Magnetic Fields put out a statement yeah. about how influential, you know, things like yeah. that. It's just it, it he would he influences Yes, people that you just wouldn't even think about. No, that's right. You know? Yeah. Because he was a poet and he yeah. was an incredible musician and all of those things. Yeah. This is something Shane said it to me. I don't even know, like, has he listened to this podcast at all? But he was like, he wrote the music and the lyrics, right? And I was like, oh, God. Shane, yes. Like, obviously not for West Side or Gypsy, but yes, that yeah. is like, not only did this man write those lyrics, but he wrote the music too. Yeah. Like, like you listen to the score of Sunday in the Park with George and just fight me over how perfect it is. Like, yeah, uh, yeah just the level of talent that this man Absolutely. had. Absolutely. Seriously. Absolutely. Um, I've got a few, like, little facts. Yeah. His favourite musicals are Porgy and Bess. Yeah. The Wiz, She Loves Me and Carousel. Interesting. What a combination. Carousel hey. makes sense, obviously. Yes. Oscar. Yeah. And, it, and, and at it's the time. It's a sweeping, beautiful yeah, score. Yeah. There's obviously some problematic stuff in it that we're aware of now in 2021. Yeah. But for a long time, people really thought Carousel was. But just, like, Porgy and Bess, The Wiz, Carousel, She yeah. Loves Me. It's such a. I don't yeah. even know. I don't know what to. It's eclectic. Yeah. It's eclectic. He was once um, credited with sort of having the first rap 
in music theatre and he disputed that because he, like, because the witch in um, the, pro- is it the prologue? Uh, it's the witch's rap that, in the that opening they refer of the, to. Yeah. yeah. There's no whatever, more fuss than there's no, Whatever yeah. the opening song is in Into the yeah. Woods called. Yeah, the prologue. The 11 yeah. minute song. Yeah. <laughs> The witch that, that all raps. musical theatre fans know all 11 minutes That's of. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah, he he reckoned, I can't even remember which musical it was, but some Mary Martin musical in the 50s apparently had some sort well, of. Well, I thought oh, no, music, it was the music, Man. music Man is considered, yeah. Yes, what's the song? Well, it's um, it's it's the it's when he's like up in River City, it's that one. No, it's not that oh, one. Oh, isn't it? I always thought it was that. Trouble, Trouble no, yeah. No. It was some other song. I always thought it was considered to be trouble anyway. Uh, I'll have to. Well, that's just patter, isn't it? That's not rap. Right. Oh, yeah, I guess. I just thought that was what was considered to be the first one. I just glimpsed the fact online this morning and I know that the song was not You Got Trouble. Okay. But anyway, I'll find that out. Maybe. Um, Something else that's interesting we've talked about, but he scored the film Dick Tracy, the 1990 Warren Beatty film. With Madonna singing. With Madonna. I think that one. Was that that one the Oscar, didn't it? That song? Yeah. Whatever that's called. Um, Something about my man or something. Yeah. It's Beautiful. Got some, it's got some great songs in it. Yeah. Have you ever seen Dick Tracy? No, I have never seen it. Yeah. I should watch it. You should. Yeah. Um, one of the first musicals that he wrote with Oscar Hammerstein in that sort of workshoppy experience was actually Mary Poppins. Um, That's right. And he also started working on a musical version of Sunset Boulevard, both of those before they were eventually developed by the Sherman Brothers and Angela Webber well, respectively. That, that was why they didn't do Mary Poppins, right, because it was like, oh, well, you can't because it's already been done. Like, what, do you well, mean the movie, Stephen right? Sondheim? The movie was... Not as that was the movie of Mary Poppins out there. No, no, nothing was out yet. Okay, so that was before all of oh, that. I just think it was like, oh, we can't get the rights, so we won't develop it any well, further. I think it was just that, like, he it was just an exercise, like, he yeah. was never gonna. It was my understanding that it was like before that, it must okay. have been long before. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah, um, I did know it was one of the four, though. Yeah, that it was like, and and that, and because it was Mary Poppins, that's why we've never it's never seen the light of day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, did you know that he, um, he always had a drink while he was writing. Like oh, really? He, he had to have an alcoholic beverage okay. while he was writing. Yeah. Like he's not, he wasn't a, an over-imbiber or an alcoholic or anything, but he said he just, he needed it to loosen up while he was writing. Interesting, yeah. Apparently the only thing, there was some, it was like a, a score that he did for a film that he didn't drink for and it didn't go well. <laughs> Interesting. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So awards, he's won an Academy Award, as I said, um, eight Tonys, eight Grammys. He won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama for Son in the Park with George, a ton of others, but he was also awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2015 yeah. by um, Barack Obama. Yeah, wow. Yeah. He got, oh, wait, maybe it was the Kennedy Center. He got something from the from oh, Bill yeah, the Cl- when Bill Clinton was president as well. Oh right, might have been the Kennedy Center Honors or something like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever it was, it wasn't at the White House. So I think that's like the next level up. Yeah, when they invite you to the White House. Yeah, it was because um, I, I saw Hillary Clinton tweeted like a thing, and it was a picture from that. Yeah, as well. right. Nice. Yeah, so that was at some point during <laughs> Bill Clinton's presidency, I think. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's uh, one of the other. Um, reflections that I saw online that I thought was really true and that was worth mentioning is isn't it incredible that so many of us are using his lyrics yeah. to reflect on um like his, his legacy and, and and how amazing that every single post I've seen has been different lyrics yes that was the I, I saw that written as well it's just like yeah it is you know yes there's just so many to choose from well why would I use my words when yes when he's a perfect that's right when he's a literal perfect yeah. like perfection yeah exactly yeah um I'm still definitely in the sadness stage, but I think like more than all the biography stuff, um, what I know and I think what like 
I would say millions of people know is that Sondheim Change Musical Theatre. Yeah. Um, he taught us to love and cry and gave us characters that are so real. Like yeah. it's actually there was a quote Mark Harris in that article. Oh, this one. Sondheim made the struggles of those characters vivid in songs that you are anything but dry or cerebral. They saw, they ache, they break you. Finishing the hat is losing my mind and losing my mind is being alive. Yeah. Blood, soul and tears flow through those melodies and lyrics. They always did. We just had to learn to listen. Yeah. And and when you think about um, some of the incredible women that he wrote as well, like <sighs> when know. you think about some of the, like, the, you know, the ladies in red section of his of his 80th, yeah. um, when you think about those songs those in songs. particular. Yeah. We, we're talking about like. Um, like Not A Day Goes By. Oh, I know. And um, um, Ladies Losing My lunch. Mind. And yeah. yeah. Those women. Could I leave you? Yeah. You know. I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah. yeah. Just just beautiful. Yeah. yeah he did write women, women very yeah. well. Yeah. Exactly. Even like I know that he didn't he didn't write all of Gypsy, but I mean Mama Rose is one of the greatest. Yeah, yeah. one of the greatest. And characters. even you know when you think about like I know it's not wasn't written for a man, but when you think about now about women performing being alive. Yes, it's just it's as perfect, poignant, and I yeah. um I don't think I'm overstating it when I say that I probably wouldn't be here recording this podcast or no. doing musical theatre if it wasn't for some time. I agree. Like I, I agree. don't think I would be singing. I don't think I would be. Obviously, everyone knows this, but. Josephine's favourite musical of all time is Sunday in the Park with George and mine is Into the Woods. When we first started recording, that was our first episode. That was episode, our first episode. Uh, you know, some, a couple of years ago now and it's, yeah, they're, they're, they are they're the it. shows that made us love musical theatre. Yeah. You know, and that. Yeah, I've been listening to the original cast recording of Sunday in the Park with George for the last sort of 18 hours straight. Yeah. Um, just crying but also just just really celebrating that this man existed yeah. and that, yes, we've we've lost him but he's left so much behind. Yeah, and 91 is an incredible innings, yes. you know, like by I've got any to think stretch that. of the imagination. Yes, that's right. It's not like we lost Jonathan Larson way too young. Yeah, 35. Actually, that's what I was thinking too, how beautiful. I was watching Tick, Tick, Boom the other day and sobbing through Sunday because it yeah. is just an homage to Sondheim and how beautiful that we have that as well. Like we've yeah. got, yeah. Yeah, incredible, and that the timing was was yeah. so onto it, and and in fact, um, we know that Sondheim saw Tick Tick Boom. Yes. Lynn um, mentioned it in an interview recently that he had sent sent it to him for a sort of approval in a way. Did he see Westside? Do we know? I assume so. surely if that's surely. coming out in it's a week, it's coming out this week. So he must I haven't have. I haven't seen that confirmed anywhere, but I'm sure he would have. I hope he did. Um, I hope it was good if yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> And um, but in this interview, Lynn's this is this interview was done before he um, passed away. Yeah. Passed, but he mentioned that so um, one of the, like a little bit of a spoiler or an Easter egg, if you will. But there's a voicemail that last Jonathan Larson receives in the film that is sometimes speaking. Yeah, it's so real... I believe that wasn't. It was Bradley Whitford. Yes, that's right. And essentially, when that was sent to Sondheim, he didn't. He just thought that the dialogue that. Bradley Whitford said in that voicemail was a little bit on the nose. It was something like, um, you've got a bright future ahead of you or something like that. Yeah. And so he said, can I reword it and record? And so it was a voice memo yeah. uh, that Sondheim recorded. Um, he said, oh, if you can't get the actor back, I'll do it, you know. And so and so that is Sondheim speaking and instead he says, you know, be proud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the moment in the film because Bradley Whitford did an incredible job. Incredible. Right? But that was the moment where Shane was like, that was uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, no, that 
That yeah, is, yeah, that yeah. is Sontime. Yeah, that's <laughs> Bradley uh, Whitford's good, but that is Sontime's that voice. Is sometimes He's speaking. just got that beautiful, deep, resonant voice. Yes. It's actually a gorgeous speaking it voice. It is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um I don't know if you've seen his Inside the Actors Studio yeah. interview with James Lipton. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I reposted that on Instagram. That that was going around and yeah. a few other clips of different things. And I just would repost anything, anything on Instagram. That, yeah. Yeah, I was just, you know. There's a great Sondheim one with James crazy. Colbert as well. Anyway, Stephen Colbert, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Stephen. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, because they talk about James that was quite. That was quite that was recent. recent. Yeah. yeah, that was only a few months ago. Yeah. Oh, that's really worth checking out. Uh, but, yeah, so we decided, um, we decided it was worth doing, uh, you know, if nothing else for our own purposes. Yeah. Um, a mixtape today that was just our all-time yes. five favourite Sondheim songs each. Uh, yes. Obviously, we, we'd already decided we were allowed to repeat songs, but... Even if they were in our previous Sondheim favourite songs, doesn't this matter. Is, this is today, the ultimate. Today is uh, the rules are not yeah, to not apply. Yeah, it's a special day. Yeah. Um, I have six. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't get it well, down to five. Well, you go first then. Okay. So it, uh, um, it's Losing My Mind from Follies. Yeah, of yeah. course. I think I've put Bernard. No, I've put Imelda Staunton yeah. because it's just so, so raw. So much emotion. So raw. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful song. It's... um. Yeah, I mean, one of the most – that song to me is one of those ones that you've just got to act the shit out of. Oh, yeah. You like know? you're having a breakdown. Yeah, and if you do that, then it's just one of the best songs ever. Exactly. And yeah. so when you when you listen to Imelda Staunton sing it, yeah, she's she's not the best singer in the world. She's exceptional. Yeah. She's very good. But you can hear her heartbreaking. Yeah, and like I really recommend people YouTube her doing it. Oh, God. Um, because obviously they, they filmed that. It was beautiful. It was so pro shot, yeah. It's a great, it's a great uh, copy of it. Yeah. And she is, I mean, it is. I'm like, getting shivers just thinking about it. It's a masterclass. It? Yeah. It's incredible. It's just like watching her do Rose's Turn. Yeah. Um, she is exceptional and a great interpreter of Sondheim's yeah. work, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, my number five, and this is gonna surprise Josephine. Um, so it's from company. And I've gone with getting married today. Oh, because I was you're not thinking as sentimental as I am. No, I I, I have genius. gone sentimental for some songs. Yeah, but I just the more I think about this song, yeah, the more I'm like this. This is a fucking work of genius. It is, you know. Yeah. Um, I was going to put "Marry Me a Little." I do um, love that song, uh, which I love as well. And I was thinking about, um, you know, just yeah, sentiment like mostly sentimental songs. But I was like, no, this is. This is... It's an exceptional song. Yeah, and just like when you see this done well, mm. it's like nothing else. Mm. When someone nails this, it's just the best. It's a great song. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I love a character piece. Yes. I love... I love a breakdown in a song. Yeah, I love a... Yes, <laughs> as he is so good at. So good at. It's um, just funny too. Yeah, it's very and it funny. is hilarious. Yes. So, yeah, Getting Married Today is my number five. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, well, I've gone very much... Yes, we know yours are all going to be about crying. <laughs> uh, it's not a day goes by from Merrily We Roll Along. Of course. And uh, this version doesn't exist on Spotify, but I insist you watch Bernadette Peters sing it at the 80th birthday. Yes. Um, yes, because it is the probably apart from Imelda doing Losing My Mind, it might be one of the most perfect performances yeah. that yeah. exist. Not vocally. She's, no. she's a bit of a mess in it. Yeah. Um, but fuck, it's good. Yeah, I actually was thinking, I was watching that earlier today. Yeah. And um, She loses it almost a few times. Yeah. Like you can hear that it's about to drop. And or... also, you know, we've talked about 
Bernadette's voice and, and how it hasn't necessarily withstood the test of time no. over the years, but fuck, she's such a to. good actress. Also watching that video, you'll you'll it's it's very sad because you'll see Mara Mazzi in the background just yeah. and Elaine Stritch and Audrey McDonald and Patty Lapone just looking at Bernadette um just with awe and yeah. um because she's she's really an exceptional practitioner. Yeah. yeah. And it is, and, and as you say, it's like you look at those ladies in red and you go, the fact that we've lost two of them since then. That's right. Well, for there's one shot where you see both Elaine and Mara Mazzi and it's it's just very sad. Yeah, very absolutely. Sad. Yeah. yeah, so not a day goes by. Um, my, number four, my number four is, and this also might surprise you, is Kiss Me from Sweeney Todd. Oh, that does surprise yeah, me. Yeah, so. Oh, I, I thought you'd do Not While I'm Around. I know. So, like, I was thinking about Sweeney. And the thing is that I have loved this song. It's a great song. It, it's so funny because, like, it's not the sort of song that um, when people think about famous songs from Sweeney Todd. I mean, there's a lot I could have picked. In some ways, like, Worst Pies in London. I also love, you know, obviously, like, By the Soliloquy. Sea you love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, by the sea. I hate by the sea. It's my least favorite song in the show. <laughs> but even like Joanna's beautiful. Joanna's beautiful. Not while I'm around. Yes, is beautiful. Not while I'm around would have been up there. Um, but Kiss Me has always had this place in my heart that's just like I think it is so um, simple. Yeah. Um, and the way that they sing on top of each other is just so like quintessential song time. Yes. I love that it's like all this like playing with the soprano mm. that. You know, we don't see a lot in musical theatre, especially nowadays. Mm. Um, it's also oh, a lovely a lyrics, moment in the show. It is, yeah. Like a lyric soprano gets to have some fun. And yes. Again, you just don't see that very often. Yeah. And I just, I've always found it like an incredibly sweet romantic moment, which again, we don't. You don't unless see that much. these heart-achingly beautiful songs. Yeah, you don't, don't see that sort of light young love. That's right. In Sondheim. In a lot, of his, in a lot no. of his shows. And so, yeah, I really love it for that moment. Yes. Um, it's very short. Yeah, um, but I just think, yeah, I just think it's a beautiful moment. Yeah, that's a great choice. Yeah. It is unexpected yeah. though. Uh, my next one is Beautiful from Sunday in the Park with George. This was the one that I said um, this sort of surprised me. Talk about why you... Every time I mention that I love this song, you are surprised. <laughs> um, this moment comes uh, towards the end of, it's just before Sunday at the end of Act 1 in Sunday in the Park with George and it's sort of it's the first moment George and his mum and the old woman actually talk and mm. you find out really that's his mother and she's bemoaning the fact that the Eiffel Tower is being erected and it's ruining her view and George in the whole song is just pointing out that that's not what beauty is mm. and and change is good yeah. and beautiful things uh, are everywhere and the way that George frames it, well, Stephen Sondheim frames it, is just so stunning and there, there's just these moments of of it's a beautiful mother-son relationship in that song um, and the score behind, there's a, there's a moment in the song towards the end where she says, quick, draw it all, Georgie, and the bill, like there's this beautiful crescendo and the strings come in and it's, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Um, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And I, I wonder if the reason I, I'm always surprised is um, the – and you said this yourself. Like when I saw the Jake Gyllenhaal, Annalie Ashford production, you said you weren't a big fan of the woman who plays no, the, the mother. Woman, yeah. And I will say that uh, this moment wasn't one that stood out to me. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, and and obviously like as a Sunday in the Park with George super fan, like – yeah. you're like, no, this is this is one of those moments that should stand out. Yeah, it could very well be the moment of the show yeah, if it's done right. And it's come just after, um, so the song just before is We Do Not Belong Together. Yeah. So Dot has just left George. Yes. Uh, and George is in crisis because of his art, like working on 
on his piece of art and um, the mother has been such a distant character the entire first act and then this song just comes along. Yeah. And it's the first time George really articulates the importance of what he does. It's the mm. first time in the show he sort of takes ownership of his his artistic eye and, yeah. and, and why he does it. It's just, ugh. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I, yeah. I yeah. think I um I need to rewatch the yes the PBS, the PBS. definitely yeah um just just to really take in some of those moments again. Well, Shane said to me, I said, "Do you want to watch Sunday in the Park?" And I was like, "I'm not. I can't. I'm not ready. I'm not ready, Shane. <laughs> my body is not ready." <laughs> um, well, speaking of which, my number three is Move On. Nice. Um, I've put I've put the original Broadway cast because Josephine would kill me if I didn't. Yes, but also because they so. they do it perfectly. I um, watched um. As I said to you, I texted you. I was watching the video of Mandy and Bernadette do Move On at the 80th birthday. I watched yeah. it about 15 times this morning. <laughs> and from the second Mandy Patinkin opens his mouth, I sob. Yeah. So Shane, after the second time, was like, maybe don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe like, put yourself through this. Maybe shut up, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think, and, you know, like Josephine and I have often joked that um, – that's the difference between her and I is that I move on and she's we do not belong together. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and that's how you can that's how you that's can differentiate us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but I've I, yes, I've always loved this song. It's my it's my favorite song in in Sunday in the Park with George. Yes. And I just think it's a real. I mean, you know, anything you do, let it come from oh. you, then it will be new. I just think he's one of the most genius. It is lyrics ever. You know. Um, uh, the, the choice may, may have been mistaken. The choosing was not. That's right. I just think, oh. Stop worrying where you're going. Yeah. yeah stop if, stop if worrying you can, if your vision is new. That's right. Let, let others, others make, make that, that decision. decision. They usually do. Yeah. If you can know where you're going, you've gone. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, the whole, the, honestly, the whole like thing. the lyrics of the entire song, I just think are genius. And genius. so quotable. <laughs> so quotable. In and life. Like, I don't want this to just turn into a Sunday in the Park with George Fest, but honestly, this show is, it's not about a piece of, of a painting it's not about that yeah. and it's just the it's the show that if you're an artist of any description it will resonate like it is just and it makes sense that it's the one that people sort of reach for I mean that and Into the Woods in a lot of ways yes. I think um Into the Woods because it's also about um family and yes. grief and I feel like they're the most allegorical yes, right Both absolutely of them. Yeah. absolutely and so those are the ones that people are sort of quoting a lot I yeah. think yeah. um there's a lot of gold in them yes exactly in them hills. exactly but yeah so um move on uh glorious um well I'm gonna just divert from Sunday in the Park to company um because <laughs> it's being alive of, of course, course. And uh, and have you put Rosalie Craig? Yeah, doing because it? she's bloody good. Yeah, and uh, you know I love um, Raul's version. I love it, and I love Bernadette's version. Um, but this is just yeah, stunning. Well, it's, it's a bit more um, relevant, right? It like, is relevant, like, and it's beautifully recorded. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's this song, right? Like it seems I mean, really obvious, but again, it's obvious for a reason. I, I mean, like, objectively one of the best songs ever written for the musical theatre. Yeah. And, you know, you could talk about Sending the Clowns or whatever, but it's this being alive. Like, you yeah. can't – there's no yeah. competition. Exactly. It's, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's amazing. I, you know, Josephine and I were texting yesterday after the news broke. At first I thought I'd gotten my time zones a little wrong and I thought, oh, thank goodness – um, they'll, they'll have done their evening show before they yeah, find the out. Yeah, the company and assassins cast, yeah. You know, in, yeah. Uh, in New York. And then I suddenly realised, oh, no, actually it's only 6.30 p.m. 
in uh, and in fact it was as they were coming off stage from their matinee. Yeah, because uh, I think he died what at ten or nine thirty or ten in, in the, the morning, morning. Yeah, um, on the twenty sixth. So, so apparently, apparently, because it's Thanksgiving week, um, they had a Friday matinee, yeah. which is obviously That's not unusual, normal, yeah. but for a holiday week, quite standard. Yeah, uh, and so. Um, yeah, apparently as after they came off stage for their matinee, they were all asked to come back on stage in costume and still and and the director, Marion Elliott, this is for company I'm talking about, yeah. um, basically told them, yeah. you know, what had happened. And the, there's footage of it but um, in the evening show uh, she came out again and yeah. sort of dedicated their entire run and Patti Lapone said a few words. Um, yeah. But it, I would not have wanted to be in that in that situation of having to perform after finding out that, yeah, um, so that he had died. Um, yeah. and, uh, but I believe, um, in what I think is in a way, a bit of a blessing for that revival. Um, it will be very hard to get a ticket for a while. Yes. Um, yeah. Same with assassins. Yeah. It'll be, um, well, it was already very, assassins was very sold out already. Well, yeah. Um, I think cause it's such a tiny theater and everything. That's right. It's but, off Broadway. Yeah. Um, but company, I don't, I mean, you know, in general, I don't know how well Broadway is doing right now. So mm, hopefully, that I think that this will. Have they dimmed the lights? Do you know? Or? They definitely will. They definitely I know will. the West End have, have announced that they will on Monday. Yeah. Okay. Um, I imagine. I think I imagine the a... Broadway League are probably looking for something even bigger than that to do. Yeah, I just am trying to. Oh, yeah, that's right. It has to be pretty big. Yeah, it's, it's on time. Yeah. yeah, like I'm sure that there'll be some sort of concert or you know oh, like yeah. all that if we have one for every major birthday yeah that he has. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so what's your number one uh so this is my number I know two what it, oh yeah yeah uh, I know what it's gonna is be. our time yes. from um Merrily. Merrily. uh again a, a lyrics that i quote a lot that's in, right uh, in in life um i yeah it's such a hopeful song um which of course is devastating at the end of that show i know uh but it is it is one of those songs that I go back to a lot in life. Um, uh, both, I think it's a beautiful melody and everything, it but is. just the spirit of it. Um, yeah. Hopeful is right. Yeah. It's so hopeful. Yeah, it's super hopeful. And again, like I said, in the context of the show. Very sad. Devastatingly hopeful because it's uh, been backwards and it's the last number in the show. And You know what happens you, you to You know them. what's happened to those characters <laughs> and that they're not friends anymore. And, yeah. But at the time, I think it's a really perfect encapsulation of the beginning of something, yeah. uh, you know, beautiful or feeling like it's the beginning of something beautiful. And, mm. um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, just um, it's the – I've gone with the Encores recording. Yeah, But nice. any recording of that song. It's just, a beautiful song. Yeah. Watch the Menye Chocolate Factory version if you can. Oh, it's so good. There's been talk of um, – uh, I saw in a couple of articles it was – they mentioned that um, so – uh, is it Maria Maria Friedman who directed the yeah. Menier version of them doing like an off Broadway revival of oh, that version? Oh, that'd kind be of so good in the in the future. Um, that was mentioned in a couple of articles that I saw about like his death. So um, yeah, we'll see. That that seems to be the version that they want people to do now. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, I, I on a complete. It's a terrible note, but I'm looking forward to all the productions we're going to get. At Absolutely, shows. Like, Absolutely. Will someone do Sunday in the Park with George now? Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Mm, yeah, yeah. So our time just yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um. Okay, my next one. Yeah. It's not my number one because I've added another one. Yeah. It's finishing the hat from Sunday in the Park with George. Oh, interesting. You're not having this as your number one. It is my number one. Yes. But I don't think it's the world's number one. You know mm. what I mean? Like um, this, but this song 
this is what I'm, I mean, I've been planning it for three years. I'll have this tattooed on my body. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, this is the most perfect song for me. I, and a lot of what I do think is objectively true is a lot of people say it's one of the best songs ever written about the, about the process of yes. making art. Yeah. I'd say. About the experience of, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And it's, it, cause it's also about he, he's having relationship troubles at the time. It's just about the sacrifices and, and the, the struggle of sort of being present in the world and also creating and being yeah. a creative. And, um, I really associate with that. Um, it's, it's also just a beautiful melody. The score is stunning. Manny Patinkin sings the shit out of it. Manny Patinkin sings the shit out of it. And Manny Patinkin <sighs> is one of those people that even now you see him interviewed, you see oh. him on things. He is so open yeah. and vulnerable yeah. as a person. Um, yeah. I'm sure almost to his detriment sometimes. For sure. But, like, you can you can hear it, you can see it. Yeah. He just is one of those. I think there are not that many. I think Bernadette is one of them. Manny is one of them. An yeah. interpreter of Sondheim's work who just really gets to the root of the vulnerability Absolutely. that he writes um the same with Imelda in Follies that you just need if you're going to interpret it you need to be that vulnerable yeah yeah absolutely absolutely no it's it's you know it's an incredible song and um yeah yeah so so my number one which uh, Josephine could tell you as well is Giants in the Sky from Into the Woods this has been probably um, one of maybe my favorite song in the world yeah um, there are moments when this is my favourite song yeah, in the world. Yeah, um, and has been since I was a kid. I saw Into the Woods when I was seven. Have you got Ben Wright singing it? Uh, yeah, it's the uh, it's that that, it's randomly that, cut. that r- random cut version from something else because obviously <laughs> Cause on, the, like a, on the cast recording it's part of a Well, it's got very nice prints and like into yeah. the second midnight yeah, or second whatever. Yeah, midnight and then, <laughs> and then into it. In so the this sky. is that, yes, it's it, but it is the original Broadway cast recording. He does um, a beautiful job. And it it's... Um, it's one of those songs where it's like on the surface it's very simple mm. and then like you think about all of the things that that character has gone through about like becoming a man and yes. discovery and all that sort of thing and and I just think it's a beautiful song. It's beautiful. Um, but, it, yeah, it literally has been one of my favourite songs um, my entire life and yeah. I think always will be. And um, I saw Cameron McIntosh commented that there is now a giant in the sky. Yeah, yeah, um, I've seen I've seen that. A few times, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful, yeah, sentiment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and again, just like some of the lyrics in that are so sort of spot on as to life and how we go through it, and that's that's what keeps repeating over and over, isn't it? Yeah, it's just all about those life. reflections and 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 that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I nearly I nearly made it without. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, in my opinion, yeah. the best song ever written by Sondheim is Sunday from Sunday the Park with George. Absolutely. Um, the version I've put is the second time they sing it in the show. Yeah. You know when um, George is reading Dot's journal at the beginning of it? Yeah. Um, this song though, right? I mean, I th- what I th- if I ever just need to cry, I watch it from the 80th birthday concert. Oh, with all those people? With, with the whole choir that comes out. And there's this moment where they show him um, <laughs> when he realises that, like, everyone's, that everyone's here, here. And it's like there's a bunch of people have walked on stage and then all these people start walking through the audience and he kind of realises he's, he's in the audience. He's in, and like, he on turns the aisle, around, isn't he, yeah, too? And he realises that, like, the theatre is filling with people yes. singing this song. They're doing it a cappella. Yes. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. His face too in that moment. Yeah, he sort of so grabbed, puts and... his face in his hands and, and it's just, you know, again, like 
yeah. he'd already accomplished so much oh. and um, for him, to, yes, as you say, to be so humbled in that moment is just, and like, again, some of the most glorious harmonies ever written in this song. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and, and, and it's sort of the pinnacle of creation, yeah, right? It's like like that, this that's came its together. point in the show. Exactly. Um, it's just so, I don't know, it's not fortuitous because obviously he, it's all purposeful, but to, to write a song about making a beautiful piece of art that is in itself a beautiful piece mm. of art is just, it's so Sondheim, yeah, you know, absolutely. like. absolutely, absolutely. No one else could have ever done it. No, 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 incredible. So, so I'm yeah. very sad. Um, I just, everyone go watch, watch the Everything. pro shots that exist, watch the 70th and 80th birthday concerts, watch the 90th YouTube, uh, that mess of a oh, God, concert that, that good, ended though. up being one of the best things ever. Well, we were in lockdown. And yeah. And it was, that was so good. And there was this real collective sense of um, everyone watching it together. Yeah. Because that was early, wasn't it? Was it? Early, yeah, it was early, early yeah. in the COVID lockdown. And um, just watch all of the things. There's so, I mean, there's so, so much many. out there. So much. Um, it's all worth it. You know, it's all incredible. None of it, none of it will be a waste of your time. I promise. The one I'm, I'm going to go home and watch is when he's doing that, like, um, workshop with that girl singing, getting married today. Yes. And he's so, oh, I yes, I have already watched that in the last <laughs> twice in the last 24 hours. <laughs> I love that one. Um, uh, and, um, I was also just remembering that when I was eight, like someone put like favorite Sondheim memories and that when I was 18, he came to Australia for that production of company. That's right. And I paid a hundred dollars. That was a lot of money for me when I was 18. Yeah. Poor student. Yeah. And went by myself to the theater Royal and watched him be interviewed. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. I mean, I just think about that. That was 16 years ago. We saw that production together, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We mm. did. Um, and uh, they didn't really get the point of it, but no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did not. Uh, but but it, you know it was good. I thought David Campbell was good. Yeah, um, he was good. Uh, there was some good people in it, but um, no, I just you know even just the fact that sixteen years ago he was important enough to me I that know. I remember doing that. Yes, you know, know, that's like he's just so seminal in our lives. Oh yes, and will be for the rest will of be. them as well. Yeah, yeah, forever. Just as they, he's just as important to us in our thirties as he was to us when we were teenagers and I would say like just more and more like the older I get the more I understand oh, what he was saying like as a kid I could never have appreciated well company and merrily in particular yes and and I would say follies yeah um, yeah and Sunday yeah like into the woods is great yeah. but you're only getting a, le- a layer aren't you that's when you're a kid. it we're definitely we're only getting a layer <laughs> it just gets better and better yeah and I'm looking forward to you know being an old person and listening to those songs and really getting getting Absolutely. I'm still here or, I know oh or, or losing my mind yeah or, yeah yeah 100% yeah. so um, thank you, Sondheim. We, we will, yes, thank you, Sondheim. We will link to those song, to that pop playlist that we've just mentioned. Um, yes. And, um, yeah, just Vale. Yeah. Stephen Joshua Sondheim. And, um, yeah, we will, we will always remember. We will always remember yeah. you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.